HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Burlap and Barrel, a public benefit corporation working directly with smallholder spice farmers around the world to source unique, beautiful spices for professional chefs and home cooks. Welcome to The Big Food Question, a podcast exploring the most urgent questions from a food industry in crisis. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of Heritage Radio Network. Today we're asking, how can restaurants save money on delivery? Hi, my name is David Rev Ciencio. Most people know me as Rev. I'm the head of revenue marketing for Branded Strategic Hospitality. Rev is known as a marketing guru for the restaurant industry. So I've been in the marketing business my entire life. I used to be in the music business, and one day I decided that I didn't really want to work in music anymore, and I wanted to get in the hospitality business, and also you couldn't download a hamburger. Uh, And after being a serial agency owner, I bought a bar uh, and learned a lot about local marketing and hospitality marketing. And what I really learned is... I'm very, very bad at operations and very, very good at branding and local marketing and sort of relaunched my career doing all levels of hospitality, marketing, and sales. Stay-at-home orders have made delivery one of the best options for consumers to enjoy meals from their favorite restaurants. For a long time, there's been a conversation about the high rates that third-party ordering apps charge restaurants. With the added financial stresses caused by COVID-19 and rapidly dwindling revenue for operators, this issue has been brought to the forefront. So most restaurants in New York City, from a delivery standpoint, are using Seamless or Grubhub, depending on what you want to call it. It's the same company. They have the lion's share of delivery here in New York City, and and they're really where most people are doing their business. Uh, But, you know, some people are using Uber Eats, some are using Postmates, some are using Caviar, some are using Delivery.com. So in a a pre-COVID universe, the commissions from these third-party delivery service providers were really high, and you were seeing oftentimes they were as high as 30%, right? Well, for every dollar that customer spends on the order, 30% goes to the delivery service provider. And that also didn't include the tip, that didn't include a service fee, that didn't include all these other things. It was just 30%. So if you're an operator and you're already, you know, you're operating at like a 10 or 20% margin, which is pretty standard for the hospitality business, to give up 30%, well, you know, you actually had to pay to acquire that customer. You actually had to pay to do business, right? And so that's like a really bad place to be over time. Those tight margins are swiftly shrinking as fewer people are dining out. Now, in a COVID universe or or during a pandemic, there's a number of regulations, especially in New York City, that have gone around from, from the government where those companies now are capped, right? So if they're delivering the food for you, if they are handling the last mile piece, meaning 
they're sending somebody to pick up the bag and take it to the consumer, uh, they're capped at 15%. While the cap on how much delivery services can charge is helpful, it's only temporary and there is a larger issue at play. It might very well be the case that during this pandemic, delivery apps are the only places where customers are interacting with a restaurant. And so when somebody's hungry again and they open up Seamless or DoorDash, they're not really incentivized to come back to my restaurant. They're just incentivized to use that third-party delivery service provider. And that third-party delivery service provider, they don't care who the person orders from. They don't care if it's your restaurant, your competitor's restaurant, a grocery store. They just want the order. Right? And so that's why they don't give away the consumer's data, their, their email address, their phone number, their name, because they want to own the journey. And they, it's actually really their customer. That's why Rev sees shifting away from third-party delivery services to a first-party model. This would allow restaurants to have a more direct relationship with their customers. For a restaurant tour to be able to have that information, so if they're taking the order themselves through a first party, they now have the contact information for that customer. And not only can they remarket to them, right? So what if they open a new store or they're launching catering or they have a new menu, they can then email or text or, or whatever, send Facebook advertising out to people who have transacted to them before so they have that ability. But it drives a, 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 a bigger lifetime value, right? So if I've acquired you as a customer and now I can remarket to you to order again or do something else with me, I can now get a 360 view of your purchases because you're transacting with me. And the last reason you would do that is a branded experience. You know, most restaurants, whether you're just a, a bagel counter or you're a fine dining French brasserie, most restaurants spend a painstaking amount of money, time, and effort in making sure that the experience when you walk through the door has some level of branding. What is the look and feel of the place? How do you get treated? How do the employees dress? How do they greet you? What's on the wine list? What's on the menu? How do they curate their food? When you walk through their door, you have this very curated brand experience of what you want people to have when they experience your brand. Well, when that food is coming to me in a bag that says seamless on it, you have no control of the branded experience. It's just, at that point, it might as well be seamless as hamburger. By creating a boundary between a restaurant and their customer, food becomes less personal. The art of hospitality disappears from the interaction and food becomes a commodity. And so having somebody order through your own delivery system, your own first party system, you can deliver them a branded experience. And you can make that delivery system consistent with your logo and your colors and your voice and your theme and your experience. Really, it's just a better way all around. We'll be right back to the big food question after a short break. I'm Ethan Frisch, co-host of Why Food and co-founder of Burlap and Barrel, a public benefit corporation working directly with smallholder spice farmers around the world to source unique, beautiful spices for professional chefs and home cooks. We set our partner farmers up to export their own crops for the first time, and they get access to a whole new market here in the U.S., and we get access to spices that other companies can't source. We're honored to work with restaurants including 11 Madison Park, Blue Hill, and Chez Panisse, as well as thousands of home cooks across the country. Visit us at burlapandbarrel.com. Welcome back to The Big Food Question. Today, we're asking marketing expert Rev Ciancio, how can restaurants save money on delivery? We've been looking at the benefits of transitioning from a third-party delivery model to something more direct. Many restaurant owners are short on time, money, and staff right now. 
So Rev has a few suggestions on how to begin making the transition. First of all, they need to be able to ingest an order. Somebody needs to be able to place it, and they need to have it on their website. Now, most uh, restaurants operate on a, a POS system, right, a point-of-sale system. And most modern point-of-sale systems actually have some sort of online ordering. Like, it allows you to take an online order, but the systems aren't too robust. So if you really want to give a branded experience to your customers, uh, you want to trigger upsells, you want to calculate lifetime value, you want to be able to email and remarket to them, most of those don't have those types of bells and whistles. They're kind of like, oh, you want to take online orders? Here you go, right? You can take online orders and they're great. They work. There is a better or maybe not better, a bigger solution that restaurants can go for called a digital ordering suite. There's hundreds of these things um, that give you a more robust solution so you can have a more branded experience where you can upload your photos and your colors and your experience and, and have an AI database. These databases allow restaurants to market directly to existing customers and build a relationship. If building a digital ordering suite and in-house delivery service isn't feasible for your business, there are other options. I get asked this all the time. It's like, well, you know, Rev, I, I don't have the uh, finances to hire delivery people, or I don't want the insurance nightmare of delivery people, or I just don't want the headache of delivery people, or, you know, I don't want strangers in my building because of COVID. Like, I get that. I totally get that. That's why you have to go look for a company like Relay. Or DoorDash has a product called DoorDash Drive, and these are called last mile delivery solutions. And so what they do is you're basically ad hoc hiring delivery people. And in New York City, Relay is actually a really popular way to do it. Essentially, what happens is somebody goes to your website, they place an order through your online ordering system. That system through your POS pings Relay or DoorDash Drive, and they just send a driver. That driver picks it up and delivers it. Last mile delivery services allow restaurants to control the customer's experience, but will take care of delivery. Another option for restaurants who've already invested in third-party apps is to train your customers away from them. If you can convert them from third-party to first-party, I absolutely advocate for turning on as much third-party as you can tolerate if you can convert them. Rev says that something like 7 out of every 10 customers would prefer to order directly from restaurants. However, this impulse to support small businesses is often obscured by the enticements of convenience. So it's all about making that transition as easy as possible. How do you convert them? Now, I teach a course on this. It's a four-week boot camp, and you can go watch the webinar I put up a couple weeks ago and get kind of a, a top level of idea. But there's a number of things you have to do. First of all, you have to have online ordering. You have to have online ordering, and it has to be easy to use. Why do people use DoorDash and, and Seamless over and over? Because they can pick up that app, and with only using their thumb in like three clicks, pizza's on its way. It's super easy. So you got to have online ordering. And then as you're getting third-party orders, this is a big one. When you get that order from DoorDash, you get that order from Seamless, you get that order from Postmates, staple a card right on the bag. Hey, thanks for ordering from our restaurant. We totally appreciate it. Please order next time through our ordering suite. And then you can put a QR code or you can put a link to your website and you put that on every single bag from every single third-party delivery service provider that you get, right? Ride shotgun on their car. They, they spend all the money to get there, just tag on as a passenger. Offering discounts on upcoming orders is another useful tool, but there's something much more important than $10 off. On your website, you got to make that order button super easy to find and super transactionable. If I have to go to your website, then click a menu page, then click an order button, then select the location, I've already done four or five clicks and I haven't even added a taco to my cart yet. Like, 
remove all that friction. Just go right to the online ordering. And you also have to make sure that on your social media, in all of your social media, first of all, this is a rule, we do not mention third party. Okay, repeat after me, we do not mention third party. You say, please order from our online ordering link in bio, or if it's Facebook, you put the link right there. Regardless of where a restaurant is on this spectrum of first party, third party, or last mile delivery, operators need to be thinking about how new customers will find them. Most people, right? So I think the number is 67% of people, when they go to search on, on Google for food, do not use the brand name. They do not say, I'm searching for Johnny's Tacos. They say tacos near me or lunch near me or you know quinoa bowl near me. But how do you then attract a customer when that happens? Okay, You have to manage your information on Google, Yelp, Bing, Yahoo, Foursquare, Facebook, all those places where people go to discover TripAdvisor. And the most important part of that is managing your menu. That way, Google or Facebook or Yelp or Bing knows that whatever that item is, that it's on your menu. They know you have chicken wings or they know you have an SIE bowl. And and then the last piece of that super important is each one of those services allows you to put in, there's a field where you can put your menu link or an ordering link. Put a link to your ordering page. Don't put it to your website. Don't put it to a PDF page. Don't put it to a menu page that's a display page without that's not transactional. Put it right to the menu ordering page so that I'm like, oh, you know, I search best wings near me. This place came up. It had a high rating. The pictures look awesome. I'm in. How do I order? Boom. Rev has a lot of advice to offer. And in keeping with the times, he's offering it all through a series of webinars. The third to first party conversion bootcamp is a four-week course that happens live online. When this one's over, I will run another. This is my first one. And I kind of said, if it goes well, we'll do it again. And it's going swimmingly. A free webinar is available to view online and Rev's bootcamp will pick back up again in the fall. To get in touch with Rev and keep up with upcoming events and additional resources, look for links to his website and social media in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Big Food Question. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check back often as we address critical questions for eaters, operators, and workers across food topics and business sectors. If you have questions you'd like the show to answer, email us at question at heritageradionetwork.org. Special thanks for this episode to Rev Ciancio. The Big Food Question is produced by Kat Johnson, Hannah Forden, Dylan Hoyer, Matt Patterson, Luke Griffin, and Jenny Dorsey, and me, Katie Mosman-Wadler. This episode's executive producer was Hannah Forden. Our audio engineer is Kevin Chang Barnum. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Big Food Question is powered by Simplecast. The content of this series is provided for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. You should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this content. This project is funded in part by a Humanities New York CARES grant with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Federal CARES Act. This program is also supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. The Big Food Question is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.